0: Hey everyone, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 115. Uh, Aaron, we have a trade to announce. Uh, Devin Dubnik gets sent to the Colorado Avalanche. You want to go over this one?
1: Uh, Sure. Dubnik is is traded to the Avalanche for a fifth round pick and for Greg Patern, I believe is his name. Patern. Patern. Patern, Patern, Tomato, Tomato. Pattern. Pattern's coming back this way. He's a right-handed shot defenseman. He's 30 years old. uh, Not exactly a prospect, but a NHL serviceable serviceable defenseman. I'd say probably that guy that's going to be in that 6th, 7th slot for the Sharks, depending on injuries or maybe even matchups. My guess is Colorado probably had to get rid of a contract with taking on Dubnik, so they had to send somebody in the Sharks. They're like, give us a right-handed shot defenseman because we like those. So they probably sent him that guy.
0: Yeah, actually, that's uh, pretty accurate. If you look at Colorado's cap friendly, you'll see that they currently have, I think it was 1.5 or something like that, million in cap space. Uh, to take Dubnik was a little over 2 million in cap space. And Patteron has a little over 2 million in cap space. So basically, they were uh, taking Dubnik. Um, but in order to do that, they needed to have the cap room available to them. That's uh, where Patteron comes in. And he was a guy that only played eight games this season for the Colorado Avalanche. Now, he is, again, a right shot defenseman. He's not the uh, fancy-type right-shot defenseman like we already have. He's more of the bruiser. He's going to go out there and throw hits. I think there was a stat on him when he played with Montreal in 30-something games. He had 100 hits. So the guy likes to throw the body around, uh, definitely. So that'll be nice. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I look at it and I go, well, why pattern, right? And you look at Jarosz. Uh, uh, Jarosh. maybe? It's not like Christian, the, the defenseman they have right now who's standing in for the injured Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, if if there's not enough um confidence in Yarosh right now then sure it makes sense to go ahead and give paterin a go and again like we said he's he's a veteran in the league he's got over 240 something games i believe so uh, he's a guy that could possibly step in right now he's with the Barracuda on their roster at least that's what cap friendly says so um or maybe the wikipedia whatever it was uh so he he'll I'm sure be joining the team at some point uh, but this isn't a guy that i think is just kind of a throwaway necessarily. I think that they do have a, a bit of a hole right now at that that sixth defenseman on the right hand side. Because again, Vlasic was playing there with uh, Shimek as his partner on the left. So if Vlasic's going to be out for a while and there's not enough uh, confidence in Yarosh, then sure, Pattern can, can step right in. So um, yeah, that's, that's basically the, the, the return, right? So we, uh, we grabbed a fifth round pick. Now the funny thing is we gave up a fifth round yeah. pick to get, uh, to get Dubnik in the first place. Uh, but also we got a seventh rounder coming back with Dubnik, right? We talked about this, the, uh, the Joe will special, the trading the fifth for two sevenths. <laughs> and essentially that's what we did. We traded the fifth, we got a seventh and we got Dubnik. Uh, but then when we trade him away, we pick up a fifth. So, okay. Kind of a wash there. It's essentially like getting a uh, free, uh, uh, depth defenseman and a free seventh round pick. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah. And, and, and the fifth round picks were for, uh, 2021 this season. And the one that we gave away, I believe was, was 2022. When we originally got uh Dubnik there. So, uh, we advanced the, the drafting timeline just by a year there too. So, um, some interesting fancy stuff there. Uh, any other thoughts on this? What do you think about the trade in general? Do you, I mean, we all, we knew Dubnik was going to go, this is not a surprise, um, we just didn't know uh, what the return would be. Are you happy with the return? I mean, considering we
1: basically got, gave up nothing to get Dubnik, if you think of it that way. We are getting our fifth or getting a fifth-round pick back um, plus an extra guy. And the reason I just looked, they had 49 contracts, or they have 49 contracts. So if they did not trade a player back and just did a fifth-round pick, they would be at 50, which no team really wants to be fully at 50 just in case another trade comes along they need to take on a player or whatever. So um, to me, that makes sense that that's why they gave up. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up his name. Pattern, pattern, pattern. That's why they gave up pattern. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they did is just say, Hey, who do you want? Like in this, here's, here's a list of players that were willing to give up to get rid of a contract. Who do you want from this? And Doug Wilson said, Ooh, right-handed shot defense, but yes, I will take that. So I'm that's that's probably why he's on the team. So um I like the trade. I think it's great because Dubnik was not gonna be signing with the Sharks uh past this season. So like I said, fifth round pick coming back, and we gave up a fifth round pick for him, plus a seventh coming back from the original trade with him. Um and so yeah, I, I'm fine with it because Dubnik wasn't going anywhere. And uh now we can see you know, we we figured this was gonna happen as well. I think we've, I think I even threw out Colorado as probably a destination point <laughs> a week or two ago. I, I'll probably have to go back and look, but, um, and that just made sense because Grubauer is a great goalie, but he has no backup and their guys were just not, they, they couldn't handle the workload of a normal backup. So they were playing even less than normal and Grubauer is going to get tired. Um, so you're going to see doom to get in some games at Colorado and good for him, man. Can you imagine that's kind of like Barkley Gaudreau going to Tampa Bay last year, right? He's probably like, what you're you're sending me to tampa bay like the the cup favorite okay same with colorado like uh yeah i'll I'll go to colorado that sounds that sounds great yeah
0: yeah No, kind of the same reason i thought uh taylor hall had signed in buffalo was to be able to say okay i just trade me to a contender like i you know i know this team ain't making it i'll get my my pick uh of the teams uh, later on. So, uh, you know, we have a uh, super chat here from none other than Lundy. Thank you, Lundy again for supporting the show. And of course pattern for Braun. <laughs> he wants Braun back. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I know. I could, I could see maybe using pattern uh, in a, a deal. There's, there's really no tie there. So um, who knows, maybe they end up using him for something else uh, down the road here in the next well, two days down the road, I guess, but uh, for Braun. I, uh, I don't think so, but uh, who knows? I know uh, you're certainly hoping for that, but uh, I, I doubt it, Lundy. <laughs> Thanks anyway. But we do appreciate the support for the show. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Zinxie, who goes next? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Been a while. How you guys been? Zinxie, we've been great. As um, as good, as, Well, for me, I can speak for Aaron. But uh, I'm, I've been doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, there's a whole lot going on with the Sharks right now. So it's some interesting times. We'll see the next couple of days what shakes out. Uh, but as, as far as who goes next, that's kind of actually the next topic here. If you're ready to move on to it, Aaron, uh, nice to trade, trade deadline is Monday. not today's Saturday. Uh, if you're in your car and listening to this on the way to work, we're a couple days behind you, but uh, yeah. So today uh, so being Saturday, trade deadline, two days from now, Monday, fully expect to see more trades from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I don't think it ends here with Devin Dubnik. Now we've talked about a couple other names And you're asking who goes next. Now, Sorensen was one name that kept uh, getting brought up there. And, you know, Sorensen's a guy that makes sense to me. Again, a UFA, uh, a pending UFA. He's got one year left on the contract. He's a very cheap option. He's a good penalty killer. He's quick. He brings some level of skill to, like, say, a fourth line uh, or, you know, in our case, maybe a third line. But um, he's one of those guys that I could definitely see on the move. I don't know that Sorensen is the guy necessarily that the Sharks want to re-sign uh past this season anyway so to be able to trade him and get something for him uh would be would be good for the sharks now i had speculated before that maybe it makes sense to sign him just to have him uh, as a contract that's available for seattle to pick up because you have to have a minimum requirement but i'm sure they could fill that in other ways so uh maybe maybe sorenson isn't a guy that they are looking to resign in which case again he's a guy that's on the block now aaron um, how do you feel about Sorensen? Do you think he's a guy that could maybe get, be on the move? And if so, what do you think could be the return for a guy like Sorensen if Dupnik is getting a fifth? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, To me, Sorensen is
1: going to be for a team that kind of needs to maybe shore up their fourth line and or penalty kill more than anything else. Penalty kill probably more important than anything. And I think they're going to, the sharks are going to try and showcase him, where they were trying to. Um, they do have a game on Monday, but at that point the deadline will be over. So this was it for, terms of showcasing any of their players um sorensen i would say i'd be happy with a fifth round pick i guess if they got anything higher than a fifth i'd be how about this i'd be okay with the fifth round i'd be happier with anything else more than that like a fourth or third i'd be shocked okay um but that's of course by himself you know maybe they'll package something up maybe they'll get a third round pick and trade away that fifth round pick that they just got and now they just jumped up
0: I got it. I got it. Uh I'm gonna make Lendy happy with this one. They'll package him with Patteron to get Braun. <laughs> yeah,
1: not gonna, gonna happen.
0: Gonna super chat to do that. <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> oh man. Okay. So uh yeah, I know Sorensen again, a guy I feel uh, could be on the move for sure. I mean look uh, at the guy being at, oh so you got something else to say? I would say, look at Gaudreau last year. Gaudreau got a yep. first round pick, but we gave up
1: a pick to get that first round to make it a first round pick. I could see something like that happening. Not I'm not saying a first round for Sorensen, but to get a higher draft pick, we might have to give up something like maybe that maybe that exact fifth round pick that we just got for uh, Dubnik. Maybe we trade that and turn it into a third round pick with Sorensen.
0: Yeah, no, definitely could see that. That that would make a whole lot of sense. Any opportunity for them to take assets and move up higher uh, in the draft uh, 100%, especially because that's kind of the MO right now, right? They said they're going through a reset. They're not going to be acquiring assets. Like That's the thing with Patterin. Patterin again, why it feels more like just a move to kind of take that salary because not only did the numbers not work out unless they had salary coming back. Um, but it just seems like that's the MO, right? Was to, to put some salary on, to add some draft picks. Um, and I, that's exactly what they did. So um, then the other guy that we were talking about though, uh, Matt Nieto. Now Nieto was an interesting one because he's injured right now. Um, I, I had saw something, I can't remember where it was, maybe in the athletic um, where they were talking about Matt Nieto and whether or not it would be, Problematic, The fact that he's injured right now and he hasn't been able to play for a while. And one of the NHL sources, league sources, whoever the guy was talking to had basically said that it's not really a deal breaker necessarily because you have that quarantine period that you have to wait before you join your new team anyway. So that gives Nieto just that much more time. Uh, so if normally he'd be out for two weeks, two more weeks, we should say. If there was that one week quarantine period, then it's really only he's only one week away from being able to play with that team. So it's not like it's a total deal breaker. Now, I'm sure it's not something that teams look at and are just totally okay with, but it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. Now, Nieto, again, very fast, another penalty killer guy for me, more skilled and more refined than Marcus Sorensen. I think he could bring a bigger return than a Marcus Sorensen could. Um, What are your thoughts now on Matt Nieto? Is the injury too much to see him get moved or uh, are the teams willing to maybe look past that
1: well if he's going to be coming back within a week i think the teams would be willing to look past that um he's had a broad work it's not like he's one or two years into the league or or, uh, you know four years or less in the league so his history speaks for himself um he does seem to get hurt he's kind of a smaller guy anyway so maybe that will maybe that will kind of deter it but I think um, if he's only a week away, he's going to have to quarantine anyway. And I don't think it's two weeks. I think it's only about a week now, depending on, depending on the team, I guess, even if he goes to Canada, I don't think it's two weeks anymore. So um, I don't know what the injury is. I don't think they've ever said, obviously it's usually upper or lower body, but uh, we have no idea if it's, if it's long term. So maybe that hinders things. Maybe that's why we won't see him get moved is maybe he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And why would anybody take him on? So um yeah, I, I would say, though, he's definitely worth more than Sorensen. So I could see him bringing back a third round by himself, probably a third round pick, third or fourth round. I could see.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. I think he's definitely more valuable um, and uh, could bring back a, a better haul, if you will. Um, <laughs> the other guy I wanted to talk about here before we move on to the big one uh, was uh, Patrick Marlowe. Now, the, the thing about Patrick Marlowe is I had seen somewhere um, – where they were talking about if it makes sense for another team to want Patrick Marlowe, or if any other teams would even want Patrick Marlowe in the first place, and kind of the the thing they were saying about it was, you know, what Marlowe brings, they have other most teams have other young prospects that are in the pipeline that can do basically the same thing. Like right now, Mark Patrick Marlowe is playing on that fourth line. Now he is centering that fourth line, but there's a lot of teams that have some player in the pipeline that can play fourth line minutes. So to make a trade for Patrick Marlowe, maybe not the biggest desire for a lot of these other teams. or it's not a guy that's going to plug a hole that they can't plug themselves. The only thing I have to say that counters that is that Patrick Marlowe has so much more experience than any of those young guys. Now, he may be able to do the, the same things or play the same way. Uh, as those younger uh, players and those younger players can maybe have some growth obviously, as they get more minutes in the NHL. But if you're looking to make the playoffs and you're looking to make a push, having that veteran presence, especially on those fourth lines to kind of shore up, you know, your entire roster top to bottom, I think is very important. So I could definitely see Patrick Marlowe still being on the move and the the nice, I'm sorry, not the nice thing. The interesting thing about Patrick Marlowe, obviously he's just a few games away now from breaking the record Ah, uh, Gordy Howe's record of most games played in the NHL. So again, if if this is something that's going to happen, uh, we're going to miss out on him getting that record broken in teal by you know days, uh, which sucks, but uh, kind of is what it is. Now, I know you've got some thoughts on Patrick Marlowe here, so I kind of want to flip that over to you. What do you think about Patrick Marleau? Is anyone interested? And again, what do you think maybe he'll bring? I I just don't see teams
1: that that would be interested. Um... It's unfortunate because I feel like I've watched him, you know, we've been watching him play this whole season and he's, he doesn't seem to be, I mean, obviously he's not the player that he used to be, but um, still as effective as he used to be compared to a younger up and coming guy that has more potential. So why would you give him some ice time over some younger guys, especially on a team like the sharks right now? It's essentially just to get the record, which sure it's fine. It's a feel good story for the sharks for the season. It'd be nice to have him get it in teal, but The only team I could see that it would actually really work out is Marlow going back to Toronto and having him line up with Thornton, maybe not on the same line, but can you imagine that kind of story going to the playoffs with Thornton and Marlow on the same team? Uh, It's kind of like when Ray Bork went to the Colorado Avalanche back in the late 90s to get a cup because he never won one in Boston. Um, So I I feel like the media would eat that up, especially being the Toronto Maple Leafs. And everyone believing in the Maple Leafs because you know of all the other players that they have on their team. So, his thankfully Toronto has uh, plenty of room for contracts. They only have forty five. They have in cap space one hundred twenty thousand. Now, Marlowe is, is getting paid was he the league minimum? I think seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Same as um, same as as uh, Joe Thornton, but it's prorated to how many games are left. So it's not that he's a seven hundred thousand dollar cap hit. Um, now, the Sharks could obviously take on a player coming back. That would help. Um, so maybe instead of a pick, they get a, a prospect or something or maybe a conditional pick. Who knows? So um, I, I would I would be happy about that. I'm not a huge Maple Leaf fan, but if if Marlowe and Thornton were on that team, I'd be like, all right, and the Sharks aren't in the playoffs. I'm like, okay, I, I could see myself rooting for, for Toronto. I kind of don't want them to win in Toronto just because – it really sucked if they won in Toronto and they didn't win in San Jose ever. Not that they would win in the next year or two, but in San Jose, but um, it's just frustrating because all the haters are like, Oh, you have Joe Thornton on your team. You're never going to win a cup. I mean, that was his MO from when he came into the league. So uh, I just hate that they would be right, I guess.
0: (laughs) So uh, don't forget you can uh, retain salary too. So Marlo uh, with the salary retention would definitely fit in. Uh, I think you can
1: only, yeah. I think you can only retain up to 50%. I don't think you can do
0: more than that. Yeah. But then that 50% is also prorated. So right. um, it, it, there's definitely ways for them to be able to fit them on there. And don't forget as well, uh, if they wanted to, they could push someone to the taxi squad. If they don't have one, someone there already. So uh, there's de- lots of different ways that they can make that work. Adding a guy who's got $700,000 uh, cap hit uh, would not be difficult for the um, the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Yeah. And I only say Toronto because he was already there and had a very good, had a very good, uh, at least two seasons there uh, mentoring those younger guys. So I'm sure they would be thrilled to have him back.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree with you on that one. Mitch Marner and uh, Patrick Marlowe had uh, a, a pretty good relationship. It seemed um, there was some interview they were doing. if you haven't seen that one, look for it. it was an interview between Patrick Marlowe and uh, Mitch Marner. And I think Marlowe had told Marner, we you know I, I wish I could, Uh, help you understand uh, how good you are and how good you're going to be and everything else. And they got really teary eyed between the two of them. So uh, they were definitely, uh, you know, vibing with each other there. So uh, it would be definitely interesting to see them uh, back and and playing together again. Uh, Mr. Sandpaper here says, I say trade pickles, maybe LeBanc, but here's Paul always hating on (laughs) Sorensen. Hey man, I'm not hating on the guy. I just, I'm calling it for what it is. He's a guy that's, you know, a third, fourth line player, at least on the San Jose Sharks, if he's a third, fourth line guy on the Sharks, he's a third, fourth line player anywhere in this league. So um, I don't know. I just don't see him as a guy that is uh, someone who can't be replaced. You know, we re- replace Chris Tierney. Uh, if, if Chris Tierney is a guy that can get uh, shipped off to Ottawa and, you know, you, you look around and you go, well, we got lots of different guys that we can maybe plug into that role. They may not be as good, but to plug in a guy into the third line center, it is not uh, super difficult. It's a much more difficult to find, you know, a top six winger or you know your your number one center. Uh, those guys are hard to find. The guys that you can plug into the third line, the fourth line, it's it's not so difficult, even if they don't perform in the same ass in the same same uh, capacity, you know. Uh, and it's not like Marcus Sorensen's lighting the lamp right now, anyway. So I don't know. I I I think he's expendable. I think that's just the 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 way the game is played, man. He's just an expendable guy. So uh, I don't hate on him. I'm just saying he, he we could definitely find someone else to do exactly what he does. Uh, now, going back to your other ones, this is I say trade pickles. Now, here's the thing. I'm 100% on board with that, not because, you know, Marco sucks and whatever else. I think it makes sense to trade him. I think it makes a lot of sense in that he probably doesn't want to be sitting on a team that's going through a reset right now. Um, he'd probably not like to be on the bottom six pairing on the right-hand side when he's played like tops uh, top two or top four on the left for his entire career. So if he can go anywhere else and get a few more minutes and be on a contending team, which is, that would be the whole point of trading him. Uh, I think he would absolutely welcome that opportunity. So I think trading uh market actually makes sense. And of course you free up cap space. Not only do you free up cap space, but it's one less contract that you are forced to protect uh, for the Seattle draft. To me, it just makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. Even if you like retain some of his salary, even if that salary retention was for more than just the very first year, if it was for the, the rest of the contract, I could see it definitely making sense. Maybe not 50%, but uh, it would make sense to me. Um, but However, the last part of your comment there, uh, Mr. Sandpaper, was maybe LeBanc. And That's the other guy here that I have on my list here of guys that might be tradable is LeBanc. Now, the reason I have him there is because it was reported by San Jose Hockey Now, that apparently LeBanc is, oh, sorry, Doug Wilson is listening to offers on Kevin LeBanc. Not shopping him necessarily, but listening to offers. So uh, just kind of an interesting thing happening there. Um, Aaron, what what do you think about Kevin LeBanc? Now, he's... He's had a couple goals recently. He doesn't seem like he's playing poorly necessarily. So uh, I don't know that the Sharks really need to let him go. Is he the $4 million plus player that uh, Doug Wilson believed him to be, at least so far this season? First of all, uh, do you believe in that? And second, do you think maybe he could be on the move? And if so, again, what do you think a guy like Kevin LeBanc, who's got a four-year contract, uh, what, what can he bring?
1: Um, I do think he's he's kind of playing up to his contract. Uh, I think he's playing better than he did last year, a little bit more consistent. Um, to me, he's going to go on a team that needs someone a little more extra oomph on their power play. Uh, it could be teams that have kind of a weaker power play. He's definitely going to change that because he's such an offensive-minded winger. Um, definitely not a defensive-minded. You're not going to bring him in to play penalty kill. So. Bringing him in as a scorer and to boost your power play, maybe keep him on a good depth team. He'd be a third line winger um, with probably power play time. Um, So you're kind of protecting him a little bit in terms of not being a defensive liability. Um, But I think, yeah, I the way that the article read was it wasn't that he was shopping him around trying to trade him. It was that people were asking about him, and he would. And Doug Wilson said, "Yeah, I'm absolutely." up to offers, but Doug Wilson's not going to sell him short. So if Kevin LeBanc is going, if he's going to get traded, it's going to be a big return coming back big as in maybe a second round pick plus a prospect, um, maybe a bad contract coming back the other way. You know, bad contract is in something that is comparable to what LeBanc has a so four ish million dollars um, for a guy that's probably just either hurt or not playing or, not good. So, um, I, I could see him getting moved if the price is right. And I feel like we kind of talked about this earlier. I feel like um, I don't think there's anybody really safe on the Sharks roster, really, if the price is right. You know, if someone's going to throw some first-round picks around, yeah, Timo Meyer might be gone. You know, uh, Logan Couture. Who knows? Like, it, it depends on on what the price is.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I think, um, you know, for sure, I could see uh, LeBanc maybe on the move. Uh, Again, not because the guy is bad. Uh, If the guy was bad, people wouldn't want to trade for him, right? So I could definitely see uh, maybe him uh, finding a place where, you know, his his offensive talents are maybe a little bit more appreciated uh, than (laughs) with the San Jose Sharks fans. Uh, But, you know, I think he's a guy that is valuable to a team that is, maybe good defensively already and just needs that extra punch. And I think you're right. This is a guy that, you know, he's young, he's talented. He's touted to be uh, just that much better offensively as his contract, you know, matures. And I think that he's got some more growth in this league uh, still to go. And the fact that you've got him locked in for, you know, however many more years still, I think it was four. um, There's no need to have to trade him. You don't, you're not going to lose anything. All right. These other guys that we're talking about, these, one year left pending UFAs. If you don't trade them, they're gonna walk in free agency. That's not the case with Kevin LeBanc, you got him locked up. So I think you're right, 100%. If they do trade him, expect a humongous haul coming back. Uh, and I do mean a big one, like we're talking like first round pick, maybe a prospect, something like that, because there's no need, there's no reason for the Sharks to have to trade him. Is he worth all that? Maybe not, probably not. But if you wanna wrench him from my hands, you're gonna have to give me everything that I want. Otherwise I can keep the guy for the next however many years. So um, I think that is, is kind of an interesting one, just the fact that, um, you know, teams are calling about this guy, apparently. Uh, I don't know what the source was necessarily, but Shang Peng was reporting it. And usually Sheng's uh, pretty bang on. He's got good sources. So uh, if, if he's talking about it, then it's a real possibility here. So interesting stuff coming out of the San Jose Sharks camp. Uh, Aaron, are you ready to kind of squash all the the trade talk here? Was there another comment that you wanted to pick out here that had anything to do with trading before we start talking about the uh, three-game week that we just had? Uh, There's one here from Brian Hong saying, do we have to protect
1: Ballsters or is he already auto-protected? That's an interesting one because uh, he actually has three more games remaining to be eligible to be drafted in the Seattle draft. So if the Sharks happen to sit him, put him on the taxi squad, send him to the minors uh so that he doesn't get those three more nhl games then they wouldn't have to do anything but i think they are going to protect him from the way that he's played to me he is a guy that the sharks uh kind of got lucky that he was on waivers from ottawa and they picked him up and he's i think he's been one of the more consistent and dangerous players for the sharks in the last you know since he's joined um i think i think he looks great out there and i think uh he definitely has a spot in the lineup for the Sharks for for going forward. Now he is. Let me look at his contract right now. I think he's a he's an RFA after this season, so they're going to have to sign him to an extension uh, or a contract uh, at some point, and then they'll have to protect him. So I think that's going to happen. Um, and if that's the case, then they're going to have to sign somebody another forward and not protect them because you have to you have to expose so many players. There's so many rules here. You have to have you can't just have players that are going to be RFAs or UFAs uh, going into the Seattle draft. You have to have them under contract so that um, they have a chance to draft them. I think it's two forwards and one defenseman. Mm -hmm. If I'm not correct. Yeah. That that's the minimum that you have to have under contract and uh, able to be taken. So to me, it's going to be Shimmick and Sorensen if they sign Sorensen, if they don't trade him away or pick up someone else. Yeah. so, yeah, kind of not quite trade talk, but kind of related in a way, because they might have to they might trade Sorensen or they might keep them and sign them and whatever else for uh, just for expansion draft planning purposes.
0: Yeah. And, and again, to me, this is where um, this is where finding a, a home for Edward Vlasic makes a whole lot of sense because then you can protect Shimmick. And then you don't have to expose anybody uh, on your defensive core that you have in your lineup right now. You can just sign Clayson to an extension, and then he gets exposed. There's your one defenseman. Do you think Vlasic is actually hurt? Or are they holding (laughs) him out of the lineup for a possible trade? Yeah. um, that's You know what? That's a very interesting question. Uh, And I've definitely thought about this before. The the second he got injured, um, I was thinking this exact same thing. But I feel like if there was a trade in the works, it wouldn't take them this long to figure it out. Having said that, when was the last time Devin Dubnik got a start, right? So they were holding him out from uh, because of trade talks, because of potential trade talks. They didn't want him getting injured. So, yes, Martin Jones was hot, don't get me wrong, but they played him in back-to-back nights, uh, not just tonight. But the previous weekend as well, they played him back to back after he had already played a bunch of games. And then they went right back to him and they went right back to him again yeah. uh, in another back to back scenario. So um, I don't know. I just feel like they knew Devin Dubnik was going to be on the move. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Was. Maybe it's the same thing with Marco Vlasic here. Maybe they've got some sort of a handshake deal in place. Uh, they're maybe just working out the final details. And maybe, it's just taking them a lot longer to get it done. Who knows? Maybe they have multiple teams involved. It could be like a
1: multi-trade, multi-team trade, which we just saw today. There was one in the NHL that had was a Detroit, Columbus, and uh, Tampa Bay to get Savard to Tampa Bay. So it was really a couple, a couple trades involving basically getting Savard from Columbus to Tampa Bay. Um, but we, it could be something like that, or it could be, uh, and on top of that, that could be. A team, one of the teams involved, has to move somebody else to make room, and they haven't been able to do that yet, so it's still working out. Now, with a goalie like Dubnik, it's easier to hide that by having him ride the bench. He's still in the game. He's still there. He could. He's suited up. He could play, but he's riding the bench, and Jones is starting. Whereas a defenseman, you can't sit him during the game. You're obviously you're going to be down a defenseman, but um, to me, it makes sense that you're you're sitting him because you have something working or maybe in, another option is there could be like one or two teams that are interested in him and uh wilson is just kind of bidding his time to kind of get the price up higher try to get you know trying to get what he wants because also in that article that you mentioned from uh, san jose hockey now uh one of the was it scouts or, or somebody laughed when they said uh, doug wilson was looking to get the most out of his players because Everyone kind of rolls their eyes and go, Doug Wilson always overvalues his players and tries to get too much for them. So GMs kind of don't like dealing with them because he he's too stingy, I guess, in a way. Um, hey, man, look, he, gets, he gets value, though, every there's time. There's nothing wrong with it. Yet. He does what's best for his team, and he gets what he can get. So uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that's why I think – I mean, to me, I see a lot of people on Twitter like fire Doug Wilson, uh, probably more on Facebook, actually fire Doug Wilson. He doesn't do anything. This is awful. I mean, they want, they want things to happen instantly. They're, it's the immediate gratification uh, generation, I guess, if you will, with Twitter and everything else where you get the news, like within the second of when a trade happens versus in the old days when you found out about it from reading the newspaper the following day. So uh, it it's, um, he, he it's not like he's sitting in his office doing nothing. He's probably on the phones all the time trying to get something going, trying to whatever. So anyway, I'm tired of, I'm tired of Facebook. I can't go on there anymore. It's too toxic.
0: <laughs> I'm honestly like I'm ready to leave the group and uh, it, yeah, uh it, it's rough. It's rough. Cause you're trying to constantly be at least sort of positive, not like um unreasonably positive, right? Not just unrealistic, but uh, yeah. just, Anything bad happens, it's the end of the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Whatever, neither here nor there. Hey, uh, I've got a couple comments here, and then i got a couple of things I want to get to. Uh, is Mar- Max Markov asks, is Vlasic's contract movable? I guess he has no move clause as well. Yeah, so he would be able to waive that just like, uh, where does it say, uh, Jack F here says he could waive it if he wanted to. Um, that, that's the whole thing uh, with that contract is because it's a uh, no move clause in there, you have to protect him. Uh, for the Seattle draft, The guy with a no move clause cannot be pulled uh, for, uh, by Seattle unless he waives that. And then of course, as uh, Jack says, he could waive it to be traded at the deadline. Uh, again, the reason he would maybe do that is because if he wants to be on a contender um, and he doesn't want to be going sitting through a reset, uh, if he sees if he reads, sees the word reset and reads that as. Rebuilding and I'm wasting my time here in my old age, <laughs> and I can't win a cup with San Jose, then yeah, absolutely. He's going to want to go somewhere else.
1: I mean, can um, you imagine? You imagine uh, Doug Wilson says, Hey, uh, Vlasic, I, he basically has the last word in a trade. He says, Hey, I have a trade here for Tampa Bay. They want to add you to the team. He's gonna be like, Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you did that, but yeah, I will take it. I will go. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, like, I don't know if you remember about 10, 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago. What year is it? 2021? Um, <laughs> Patrick Marlowe uh, vetoed a trade. I think Doug Wilson tried to trade him. And he had, at the time, he had a no movement clause. And he, it came out later. It didn't come out right away that he had a trade. And we don't even know what the trade was. But Patrick Marlowe denied the trade. I think this was right around the time he was, he, they took the captaincy away from him. Uh, it might have been after the reverse sweep by the Kings. Was he, I can't remember if he was captain then. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, uh, get on with it. <laughs> Whatever.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> we'll get on. Um, I want to get to two things here. Both of them are uh, Venmo. Actually, uh, we've got some uh, some support coming from the folks that are using Venmo here. Um, one that I didn't get to, I think. Well, actually, no, it was it was uh, Ethan Clark got uh, a, a, a contribution to us. It was after our show last week, uh, so it wasn't during the show. Um, he just happened to see it after the fact and decided to, to hit us up. So uh, thank you, Ethan Clark. He says, go Sharks. So we do appreciate that. Absolutely. Go Sharks. Uh, that's what we're here for. That's what we'll always be here for. Um, and then Robert Spittler in the last seven minutes here also says, thanks for the show, guys. I hope the Sharks can win the next two in a row to sort of stay alive. That is the most cautiously optimistic (laughs) sentence I've ever read in my life. Thank you, Robert. I do appreciate that. We appreciate, uh, your continued support for the show. It's not the first time, uh, you've taken advantage of Venmo, which by the way, for anybody else, if you want to support the show using Venmo instead of super chat, you can do that by, uh, tipping us on Venmo at the fin factor. And that's our, our handle there at the fin factor. So, uh, if you'd like to do that, we would be most, uh, graciously uh, accepting of your your donation. So uh, we do appreciate all of the contributions that we get from all of our viewers. You guys are awesome. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. I uh, love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, so then let's see. That was both of those guys. Okay, so we got the, the Venmo stuff out of the way. Again, thank you to anybody who has contributed to the show. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Aaron, three games this week. Um, I can't remember who it was I was talking to in the last show. I told them... I'm expecting four out of six points. He said, there's no way we're getting four out of six points. Uh, I was wrong. I, w- I was wrong. We got two out of six. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just apologize because I said I was going to, and I'm not, I'm in my word. Uh, so I'm not doing that. But, um, you know, you take a look at the, the, the ducks, the loss of the ducks is five, one. It was just a game that was just all around horrible uh, by the San Jose sharks. It was just ugly. Nothing was clicking. This was not the sharks that we've seen uh, dominating Over the past, you know, uh, three weeks or so uh, where they've just been racking up wins Um, and especially against the Anaheim Ducks team. So this was just kind of one of those games where just nothing was working. And if you look prior to this game, the Sharks, again, had taken four out of the five games that they had played against the Ducks again prior to this game. Um, So, you know, if you were to tell me that, you know, we would end our season series of six games against the Ducks, having four wins and six losses, I'd be okay with that. Now, again, we have more games against the Ducks coming up soon, uh, but at least for that stretch, that's still, you know, it's a it's a positive record against that team. Now, you're going to lose to teams that you should beat. It's going to happen. Not all the time, but it's going to happen now and then. You're going to lose to these teams. And I had heard somebody saying, well, how are you expecting them to do anything well in the playoffs if they can't even beat the Ducks, right? And I'm going, well, pump your brakes because, again, we just prior to that game, they won four out of the five. So it's not like we can't beat the Ducks. We've been beating the Ducks. We just lost that one. So, um, again, for me, that game was just ugly. I don't know if there's anything in particular you wanted to go over or talk about about these games. I know we're not really trying to do recaps on on games much, but if there was something in particular that you wanted to point out about it, we can certainly talk about that now.
1: Uh, I mean, they got two more games this week against Anaheim, so... If they could win those two games. Oh, wow. I'm really out of focus. If they can win those two games, then um, <laughs> so blurry. <laughs> um, they're going to be right back in that hunt. And um, people won't be talking about this blowout, blowout game. I mean, to me, blowouts, whatever. It happens every once in a while. It's not going to be that bad. Uh, not as bad as this blown out picture right here. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, it was an ugly night, and it happens to the best teams. Uh, you, you look around the league, and you'll see even worse uh, beatdowns than this one. Um, we've seen a lot of like eight, nine plus goals in some games, so it wasn't as bad as I guess as it could have been. Uh, but yeah, the Sharks did not look good. Uh, they tend to just not play very well sometimes against these lower level teams. Um, you watch them play against Minnesota, St. Louis, and. And even Vegas, I feel like Vegas has to really de- try and dig down deep to beat the Sharks. Like, it's just not, um, I don't know, it's not an easy win against the Sharks for the Vegas Knights. And and to me, I think um, that, I don't know, when they get to the playoffs, I feel like the Sharks will be able to be a little bit better if they are to make it. Um, at least kind of give, they're not going to get swept, I guess I should say. How about that?
0: Sure. Sounds good. So uh, as the camera has now shifted to me, I'm going to uh, talk for a bit to give Aaron an opportunity to fix his blurry self. Aaron, I think uh, maybe it's not you. It's just everybody watching is not wearing their glasses because you look fine to me. Um, So uh, Aaron uh, has dipped his camera in Vaseline. Mr.
1: Sandpaper says,
0: (laughs) Ben Ben and Gunsery says, blurry, Aaron. Uh, Yes, blurry, Aaron. Oh, he's back. See, I told you put the glasses on, guys. You're fine. I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Sandpaper and Ben. You guys are nuts. Just put your glasses on. Uh, ben before that actually says bubble team that will be on the wrong side of the playoff picture. Worst spot to be in. Absolutely. That is the worst spot to be in to be the best of the worst. Uh, if you will, to have the lowest percentage chance of getting uh, a high draft pick um, and, and not making the playoffs it's, yeah, that's just obviously one of the worst places to be in. So we'll see, you know, I mean, there's again, a couple more days left trade deadline, who knows who's on the move. Uh, we, this could make the team just a little bit worse and <laughs> we kind of tank just a little bit harder uh, and, and we get into that uh, lower area where we get maybe uh, a much better pick uh, who knows or perhaps we make some trades and get some uh, addition by subtraction in some areas and you know maybe some guys kind of step up to the plate and we kind of squeak in who knows so um, you know it's 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 an interesting spot to be in. But, again, I agree with you. If we end up as fifth in the division, that is absolutely the worst spot that the Sharks could possibly be in. So, uh, Ben, I 100% agree with you on that one. Uh, Let's see here. We've got – oh, yes, Lundy. Wasn't Pickles out versus the Ducks? That's the one I wanted to bring up, too. Uh, Yeah, 100%. Pickles was out against the Ducks, and we did get beat. And, in fact, the games that we've had without Pickles – Uh, one win two losses is that a coincidence I don't know I mean we've had playoff games where you play without Vlasic you lose period Um, we've definitely seen that before Uh, Aaron what do you think is is Vlasic missing from the lineup affecting their ability to win because prior to those this last stretch of three games we were actually doing really well and then all of a sudden you know one and two so what do you think
1: yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, he's not the difference maker anymore. He's not that uh, X factor of when he's out of the lineup, the Sharks just don't play as well because the Sharks sometimes just don't play as well even when he's in the lineup. So it's not on him anymore. Um, I I don't know. I think to me, he's been on the Sharks for so long. I, I think uh, another reason I kind of want to see him get traded is I like the guy. I think he's still a very effective and good defenseman in the league. He could just need a change of scenery. You know, just get out of San Jose and go to another team and thrive. And he's not going to be uh, a top pairing defenseman per se, but he's definitely, I think should be in the top four. And right now, as you said earlier, he's playing on his offside, uh, on the right-hand side and he's a left-handed shot. So that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you're asking a guy, a veteran guy to kind of redo his, his thinking that he's been doing for so long and been so good at. So um he's been kind of handicapped in a way um he's been okay but for 7 million dollars now i think a change of scenery would be great for him uh, i think he could still be an effective defenseman just probably somewhere else um but yeah being right now on the sharks he's a 7 million dollar defenseman that's with third pairing minutes that's not good it's not good at all
0: yeah no, i know i agree with you on that one i wish uh i, I wish that he was kind of still that 7 million dollar defenseman um, the the shutdown guy. I don't think he's as bad as everyone makes him out to be, but I think a lot of people tie his performance to what he used to be able to do and to his dollar amount. And if he's even just a little bit below that line, again, Facebook groups tend to overreact. He sucks. He's terrible. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see him maybe doing a little bit more, than he has been able to do recently but again i see him playing alongside shimmick and i think they've done a pretty decent job uh, again prior to these three games which he wasn't a part of that the sharks actually had played quite well so um you know as the team continues to gel and play better as a five-man unit uh, i i think he's again a part of that five-man unit and he's kind of still making them a better team uh, while he's on the ice that yarosh uh, i don't know that he's a guy that you can really rely on right now. Um, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what shakes out with him. And again, maybe Vlasic is on the move. Maybe that's why he's out. Uh, but if he's not on the move and he comes back in, you can bet that Yarosh is not taking his spot. I don't care. Um, how bad you think about Mark Edward Vlasic might be playing anybody who's out there listening right now. Uh, if it's Vlasic or Yarosh, I'm pretty sure Vlasic is t- uh, taking the job. So, um, is what it is. Aaron, let's zoom past the rest of these games. Uh, Kings, we win 5-2 uh, to two in the second game here. Uh, that was a really awesome win. Everything was clicking on that game, certainly. Uh, all Lines seem to be contributing, playing hard, skating hard, moving their feet. Lots of really good stuff happening in that game. I think I was very impressed with uh, Kevin LeBanc specifically in this game. Again, a guy that may be potentially on the move in terms of uh, some some trade rumors and whatnot. Peng reporting. So um, I think, you know, he's a guy that has been stepping up and, and playing quite well. I know a lot of people, including us, have been very, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, we, we've been hard on him, I guess, you know, so uh, we, we've been um, you know saying he's not exactly the type of player that we were hoping that he would be. He's not worth the amount that he's getting. Uh, a lot of criticism is the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, we've been criticizing this guy quite a bit. So in that past game, though, you know, he was doing everything right. He's been throwing the body around a lot more actually recently than I remember him doing. So um, maybe that's just another way. You know, if I can't be good defensively, I can't be very good in the defensive end. At least let me go ahead and try to throw my little tiny body around uh, just like Marcus Sorensen. Taking some inspiration there, I'm sure. So, so, that so game, I'm looking at the stats. He had three hits. Yeah. Only bolsters
1: had more with four. And then uh, Ferraro also had three. Everyone else had
0: two or one. Uh, how many think Meyer had? Meyer? Well, if he didn't have three or four, he had two. One. 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 Okay, yeah. Now, see, Timo Meyer needs to be throwing that body around. Uh, maybe he just doesn't have the opportunity because he's not nearly as fast. But, uh, yeah, finish I don't know. Check it out. Man. Finish his check.
1: He needs to finish his checks. Rudolph Bolters and Kevin LeBanc are out hitting you. <laughs> Come on.
0: Well, on, okay. Man. To be fair, Balser is at five foot eleven and a hundred and something, hundred ninety. I forget what how many pounds he is. Not very much. He's a speedier guy, but that's part of his game. That's just what he does. He runs around and hits. Uh, I really like. That slow. No, no, he's not. Not well. <laughs> Come on, you've
1: seen him skate. Well, I, compared to Balser, he's slow. But I mean, he's not. It's not like you're watching uh, uh, Lucic running around trying to hit somebody. You know, like. <laughs>
0: He doesn't have concrete in his shoes. He's not that bad. Fair enough. Well, I'd like to see him do more just like you, 100%. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the they beat the Kings 5-2. Uh, to now, tonight's game, uh, they lose to the Kings 4-2. to two. Uh, One of the interesting things here, uh, and we you can go back and talk about Jones, but Koshenosh, uh, which, by the way, it is Koshenosh, uh, and Randy Hahn confirmed this uh, during the telecast there. Uh, and I had something I had said a long time ago. Like, it's not Koronosh. It's not Coronar. The coaches keep saying it wrong. Uh, it is Koshanash, So, um, that's how uh, he says, if you want to say it right, that's how you say it. So there you go. Um, he gets his, uh, first NHL action ever. And, uh, it looked pretty good. Actually, I was pretty impressed with the, the young guy there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows, maybe he steps in, uh, has a pretty good rest of the season. And then they kind of see where he goes from there. Now, if he's does really well, maybe he becomes the backup going forward. If he doesn't, maybe he goes back to the AHL for a little bit of seasoning and, You know, then you're looking at, you know, having to get a backup solution or uh, Melnichuk, I believe is how you say that one. Uh, Maybe he steps in uh, for next season as the backup. Who knows? But uh, for tonight's game, at least uh, you found a very uh, not so much interesting, but a glaring difference uh, between uh, tonight's game and last night's game. Go ahead.
1: Uh, There's just some differences. I think to me, Martin Jones made a lot of saves on Friday night that kept the Sharks in it. Big saves. Um, that really, you could see the frustration on a lot of the, the LA players faces. So I think, um, that was a big difference and he did have a few big saves, but goals two and three against him tonight, there was nothing he could do. They were left alone in front of the net. He had no chance. Even it's like, he didn't have a chance to rob the other guy, you know, like, it, whereas the night before he was making those saves. You're like, Holy cow. Like he had a chance and he made it and he did it. Tonight it was just he's kind of left high and dry too many times. So um, that fourth goal was a dagger, though. He should have had that one. He knows it. The team knows it. That's probably why Coronash started, or sorry, Koshinosh started. Um to me, Koshinosh looked a little nervous. At this point, LA was already up four to one, so they weren't pressing. They didn't really have that many shots on goal. I think he only had almost halfway through the third period, he only had like four shots on goal uh for saves but i thought he looked a little nervous um kind of uh i don't know hectic but as i said to uh uh who was it um kevin Kurz tweeted out i wouldn't be surprised if we see koshinos going in the third period right after the second period ended and i said you know it's kind of better for i think it's better for a goalie to do it that way where you get just a period of action you kind of get the nerves worked out and i felt like he had a lot of nerves tonight like you could tell he was just not as sharp as he probably normally is. Um, But you kind of, you build some confidence in him where he's kind of like, yeah, I mean, he shut out LA. They didn't score him. So he's he's kind of like, yeah, I belong here. Like I feel good being in the NHL. I belong. I feel like I'm one of the, one of the club. And now when he gets an actual start, he's going to have more confidence going into that game than he would if it was his first ever NHL experience. Um, So I'm glad they put him in there and I'm glad he, Obviously he didn't give up a goal. There's a couple of chances where it was a little dicey, but um, I thought he, he did okay. I thought it was all right. I think it was his Max just asked, this is his first NHL game for Korsh. I think it was, right? He's never yeah. played in the
0: NHL. Yep. Yeah. First start. No, and, and not first start, I should say, but first NHL action. And you're absolutely right. You know, uh, throwing a guy in on a game where you're already down. I think by the time he went in, it was four to one, I yep. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so going in, uh there's nothing to lose there. Whether or not you get shelled, it doesn't matter. Your team's already down three goals. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot less pressure on the guy. Um, whether he had nerves or not, I mean Aaron Aaron seems to, to think that he had uh, lots of nerves playing there. So, um, you know, again, like he said, get those jitters out in a game that really doesn't matter at this point because you're down by three goals. If you happen to step up and play amazing, great. Uh, if you don't, uh, shake it off. Don't worry about it because we're going to lose anyway. So, um, yeah, no, I know. I think it's a great opportunity for him um, and, you know, to get to a little bit of action to see what NHL speed is like and NHL shot is like taking a shot. I think the first shot that he faced was against Kopitar. Um, can you imagine like the, the first shot that you save is against a guy like Anze Kopitar? Uh, that's, a, that's, you know, pretty incredible stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, good on him. And we, like Bob Bugner said, we're going to see more of Koshinosh uh, for the rest of this season. Uh, maybe not outplaying Martin Jones necessarily in terms of games played, uh, but certainly going to have some more starts for him as the season goes on. And that makes sense because Martin Jones can't play the entire rest of the season and somebody's got to. So unless we're making a trade for another goaltender, um, it's going to be Kochanosh and maybe uh, Melnichuk gets I'll start here or there. Okay. So moving on from those games again this week, the sharks go one and two. They only pick up two points where I felt they should have had four at the very least. I figured they're going to drop one game but I didn't realize that they were going to drop a stinker in uh, against the ducks, but is what it is. Uh, Now let's look at the standings. There are four points out of a playoff spot right now, uh, according to you, because you filled that, that point in for me. Thank you very much. Um, And then we, you know, the other thing to, to point out here was the strength of schedule. Now there was a chart that came out talking about which teams had a harder schedule and which teams had an easier schedule. Surprise, surprise. The teams that had the easier schedule were the really good teams. Why? Because you can't play yourself. Uh, That's a big part of it, right? So uh, it's kind of an interesting metric to kind of throw out there. It's, you know, oh, if you're the best team, let's say, imagine there's only two teams. Usually when you try to figure these things out, you take it to an extreme. So instead of having eight teams, just think of it as two teams. OK, um, if you're the best team and you're playing against the worst team, you are always going to have the easier strength of schedule. So, yes, of course, when you're the better team, you're going to have the easier strength of schedule <laughs> according to those numbers. So for the Sharks, yeah, we're kind of not exactly in the playoff picture. So we're going to have a harder schedule anyway. Now. Granted, we're still playing against teams like Colorado and Vegas, but um, I think we're a much better team than we were at the beginning of the season. And I think we can beat a team like St. Louis. We could beat a team like Arizona. So if the strength of schedule is factoring in that Arizona and St. Louis are better than the Sharks in terms of their points gathering from their wins uh, versus the amount of games played, that I think those numbers are maybe a little bit off, a little bit skewed. So I don't know. I don't know if I, I see our schedule as necessarily the second most difficult schedule uh, in all of the Honda West division. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's still an opportunity for the Sharks to make it to the playoffs. Whether or not they should is a completely different conversation. Uh, they may find themselves beating these teams and just getting enough points to make playoffs. So uh, I don't know. If you're crossing your fingers, I, I know that you, that you are not, Aaron, crossing your fingers for that. But I don't know if, if uh, maybe some po- folks in the chat are crossing their fingers uh, looking for for that, uh, the, you know, for them to get some wins and maybe make the playoffs. In fact, why don't we do roll call right now while we kind of finish talking about this, and uh, we'll say, you know, where, where are you watching us from, okay? And then uh, do you – not do you think necessarily, but do you want – this to be a playoff team. Do you believe that they'll they'll make it into the playoffs and do you actually want them to be there? For for me, it's I, I mean, anytime you get playoff hockey, I'd much rather see playoff hockey. Um, even if we get bounced in the first round. Now I know, I know we don't get the first uh you know, the high first round pick. I get that. But uh I okay, go ahead, Aaron. You're shaking your head. Go ahead. What? I I just I don't think it's
1: not worth it. I mean if the Sharks get bounced in the playoffs in the first round. What's the point? Um it's gonna be such a fight to get in, I think. Uh, all these teams are going to be playing better and better hockey because it already is becoming playoff hockey right now just to get in. Um, I'm looking at the schedule and looking ahead and we play Colorado four more times, but it is the last week of the season. Colorado might be so far ahead that they don't care about those games. They might even rest some of their players, maybe even rest Grubauer. So we might not even see um, Grubauer that much. They're their number one goal. maybe we see Dubnik actually in a lot of those games. Um, so that that's kind of doable. I think I'm looking at the Vegas ones, those three Vegas ones. I think the Sharks could win one, maybe even two out of those three. Um, the Ducks, they should beat. Those two games should be theirs. Arizona, they should beat. That should be theirs. And they got Arizona again at the end the last two games of the season. It might even come down to those last two games. Now, if you look at the standings, they don't, unfortunately, play St. Louis anymore. And St. Louis is in that fourth spot. Uh, the Sharks are only four points behind St. Louis with a game in hand. So if they were to win against um, Anaheim, they are only two points out of a playoff spot after that first game. So yeah, it's doable. Arizona's right there ahead of them. Arizona has 43 points to the Sharks, 40. So um, it's doable. I just don't think that they should do it.
0: <laughs> my man. Yeah. Yes, always. Let's dance. Get to the dance, you have a chance. If you're going to say, uh, no, we should probably just uh, not make plus because maybe we'll get bounced in the first round or we'll probably get bounced in the first round. Then why are we playing hockey? You what know the sharks are going to win.
1: The sharks are going to win because they're going to get into the playoffs and every team they play is going to somehow get a covid outbreak and they're just going to have to play their AHL team and the sharks will win.
0: There you go. um anyway okay uh so fun stuff man i love doing this i see lots of uh really uh lots of folks saying bay area san diego san jose there's thailand again ben in thailand get in or be very bad for high draft pick okay um yeah i know that's the thing that middle ground we were just talking about that that middle ground sucks you do not want to be fifth in in the, the division that was just no bueno uh I, yeah make it in and, you know, if you get bounced in the first round, you get bounced in the first round. It is what it is. But you're never going to win a cup unless you attempt to <laughs> make the playoffs. You know, uh, it, not only the first, uh, the, the top of the division wins the Stanley Cup. We've seen, again, I hate bringing this up, but we've seen LA Kings go in as an eighth seed and win the cup before. So, you know, who knows? Anything is possible. Um, and then there was one other comment. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lundy, Lundy with another two ninety nine on the Super Chat. Thank you, Lundy, again. Uh, what goalie would you trade to the Sharks? He's asking what goalie the Sharks should get as a because we just traded Dubnik. Exactly. So
1: getting another goalie.
0: I don't see them getting a goalie either. Um, but let's say for the sake of the two ninety nine that he's supporting us with, um, if you were to bring a goalie in, first of all, what type of goalie would it be? A good one. No, it'd be a backup goalie. Come on. You're not going to trade because you're already paying Martin Jones, the five point, whatever million he's your starter. So if you're going to get a goalie, Lundy, you're going to get a backup goaltender, somebody of the same caliber, maybe as a Devin Dubnik, maybe somebody who's a little bit cheaper, who knows, but that's the type of guy that you would bring in if you were getting a goalie right now. Um, But I'm with Aaron right now is not the time for the sharks to trade for a goaltender. Uh, Certainly not to give up any assets for a goaltender. If a goaltender came with a pick for Marcus Sorensen, for instance, okay, fine. That makes sense, but it's not that you're going to go out there and give up an asset specifically to go get one anyway. Uh, yeah. Lundy again, dude, thank you so much for supporting the show. I, I hope you've bought everything from our store and you just don't have anything else to buy. And that's why, uh, but yeah, no, uh, we appreciate you uh helping us out. I do want to point out one more thing. Sonic tonic here saying, thank you, Paul Sonic. You're welcome, buddy. Okay, Uh, Aaron, anything else in these uh, comments here you wanted to point out? And Bob Jackson from Vegas. He's from San
1: Luis He said, I don't think they will, but I'd love if they did. The Blues not making it is worth it. If the Blues did not make playoffs, that would be a colossal failure, I think, on their part, uh, not getting in. And they're very – I mean, they're on the bubble. They're a bubble team. They're currently in by one point over Arizona. So – I think uh, St. Louis is in some in some deep water there, and I think there might even be some firings if they don't make playoffs this year. So imagine the Sharks having all the talent. It's kind of like the Sharks last season, right? Like all this talent and then all this promise, and they thought they were going to go far, and they didn't make playoffs. That's the kind of the boat that uh, St. Louis is in. Not quite as bad as the Sharks last year because they are still in a playoff spot, and the Sharks were not for so long. So, um, but yeah, I think. You know,
0: I would love if St. Louis
1: didn't make it because I can't stand them. So
0: I would love it for at least four teams not called the San Jose Sharks to not make it. Put it that way. (laughs) Uh There you go. Okay, Aaron, let's talk about next games here. Uh, Monday against Anaheim, Wednesday against Anaheim, both games at 730. And of course, we'll be doing the show uh, after the second game. Right around ten fifteen, um, but I, I made a note here. Um, possibly after a trade, depending on the size of the trade. If it's a Marcus Sorensen for a fourth, uh, we're probably not going to drop everything and pick up and do a show. Uh, but uh, if it's something huge, then you know we'll we'll try to jump on quickly and be there for you. Otherwise, just expe- expect us right after the game on Wednesday, Aaron. These two games, do I even need to ask what's expected here? It's four points. It needs to be four points. I mean, Anaheim could be selling a lot of their pieces right now too,
1: so they're going to be missing a lot of their, I guess, relied upon top end guys. Um, I think Raquel was one. Like, of There's a bunch of rumors of, of people getting shipped out of Anaheim, so they're going to be a shell of a team with a lot of – they do have a lot of prospects, but I don't think they're going um, to be ready to be that good, um, at least in these two games. So I think the Anaheim team is going to look a lot different between today and when the sharks play them on Monday, um, the sharks probably too, who knows? I mean, Cause we think more trades are coming. So it'll be a weird game.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely think more trades are coming and it'll be interesting to see who gets plugged in. Uh, like you said, for both teams, because uh, you know, Anaheim certainly has guys that are, uh, could potentially be on the move uh, just like the sharks. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, I think you're going to see two completely different rosters um, for, for both teams. Uh, as as compared to the last time these two teams met just uh, earlier this week, so okay, um, I don't know. Again, for me, I'm looking for four points out of this, just like you. Uh, there's no reason that we can't get the four points. I know we had a loss against the Ducks, and whoever it was is going to hold that over my head, uh, and that's okay. But uh, you know, again, we're we're up four two on the the season series against them. I really feel like we should be up six two. Uh, once we get done with uh, the eight game series, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Uh, but- we did end up beating LA six to two in that series, which is that makes me feel good. That makes me feel yeah. really good. I mean, if they if they won tonight, if they came back and beat them, can you imagine ending the series seven to one? That would have been so demoralizing for LA because LA still thinks of themselves as a playoff team and they should be in the playoffs. Um, but no, yeah, the Sharks put a, a big no to that one, it's great. I love when Drew Doughty is mad
0: at the Sharks, especially. (laughs) And and we'll end soon here, but I just want to say it one more time. (laughs) L.A. traded a pick (laughs) for Brendan Lemieux. Okay, a pick. What does that mean? That means they feel that they are a playoff team. When you're trading a pick to get Brendan Lemieux, you think you're a playoff team. I don't know what they're drinking, consuming or whatever it is that they're doing out there in L.A. Uh, they are not a playoff team. I will be shocked if they make it back into the playoff picture. Absolutely shocked. Um, but yeah, no, not a playoff team. I said what I said. I'll say it again. That was a huge mistake. Unless Brendan Lemieux has years on his contract and they're thinking in the future. Fine. Uh, But if he's a UFA or maybe he's an RFA and they retain his rights again, fine. Um, Otherwise, no, you don't you don't trade a pick for for a fourth liner um, unless you think you're a playoff team (laughs) and you're not a playoff team. I'm sorry. Uh, They're going to find themselves selling somebody off. Trust me, uh, before this uh, this trade deadline passes, there's going to be at least one trade. Uh, out of uh, LA for sure, in my opinion, there should be. If there's not, I don't know what's going on in LA, they're crazy. Okay, um, let's see. Any last-second comments here? Poor Sorensen, according to Fin Factor, he is three fourths out the door already. Ben, I'm sorry, dude, it's just the business, he's a pending UFA and a fourth line guy on this team. Like there's no reason that you can't replace him with anybody else. First of all, wait a minute. Why is the blame going to me here? Number one. Okay. Number two. Um, why do you like him so much? Why, why can't, why do you want to keep the guy so badly? I don't get that one. Uh, so I'm giving you another 30 seconds to respond to that uh, before we end this show. So while he's typing his response in there, we're going to go ahead and put this last thing up again, guys, The 40% off sale at thefinfactor.com is ending in two days. The trade deadline, April 12th. Super producer Jason, do you have that graphic for me? There it is. 40% off site-wide, store-wide. Support thefinfactor.com because that is what you're doing. You're supporting us. Uh, The guys like Lundy doing it through the Super Chat. We appreciate you. Uh, The Venmo uh, money, Robert Spittler. Uh, and, and everybody else who's uh, helped us out contributing to the show through Venmo, we appreciate you guys doing that. Please feel free to kind of bundle that up and then use it at thefinfactor.com instead. Get yourself a shirt, get yourself a hat, support the show uh, in the same way that you're doing. Only get something for it, right? Uh, we have some premium t-shirts. They're now just $15. Uh, the snapback hats are just $18. Again, high-quality stuff. We did not skimp on this. And the sticker packs, of course, just uh, $3. So uh, and you get three of them. So basically a dollar a sticker, a very small price to show your fandom for this, the, the fin factor. And of course all items are currently in stock. However, we do have a limited supply because we have them uh, in stock that they are actually in our, our hands, if you will. So once we're out of them, we're out of them. It's not like we just have unlimited supply. So uh, please make sure that you take advantage of this 40% off sale. Again, the fin prices are as marked through April 12th. Please guys, uh, help support the show and take advantage of this 40% off. I'm going to talk to uh, Super Producer Jason and Aaron after the show's over, see if maybe we can extend a little bit, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so uh, see what you can do about maybe uh, heading over there within the next uh, two days and uh, pick yourself up something really nice. Okay, great. Let's see. Uh, ben comes back with he is replaceable, no doubt. Then Ben, what are you arguing with me for? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, man, I love you. OK, if you're in that chat right now and you're chatting with us and making this fun, uh, thank you so much. Uh, even if you contradict yourself with your, <laughs> your own statements. <laughs> uh, Lenny says, thanks for the link, Jason. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Super producer Jason. Put it right in the chat there. OK. Um, oh, and Zinxie, See you later, guys. Glad to be here again. Hopefully some Chell 21 from time to time. I would love that because you are phenomenal and I am not, and I need all the help that I can get. Um, okay. I, love playing. I love playing with Zingsi because I just pass him the
1: puck and he just scores.
0: <laughs> he does. You just give him the puck. You spin around everywhere. I don't understand how yeah. you do it. Uh, I would like for you, Zingsi, to record your hands uh, whilst playing the game so I could <laughs> see what your thumbs are doing because it's magic. Okay. Uh, that is uh, all we have for tonight. I know we went uh, pretty much far past that hour there. Uh, so again, thank you guys so much. Anybody who contributed to the show in any way possible, uh, we certainly do help, uh, appreciate you guys. And, uh, oh, he uses a game shark. Yeah, <laughs> Super producer Jason thinks you cheat, Ziggy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we, we appreciate uh, all of the uh, contributions both uh, monetarily as well as in the chat. I mean, the chat is a big part of this show. You guys giving us your comments, your questions, things like can burn stop the laser stretch passes, please, uh, from John John. I mean, those are very important to to spark conversation. So uh, we want to say thank you. As Sonatonic has said, thank you guys right back to us. So again, thank you. So for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys Wednesday night. The more you know. If not so Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at FinFactor, and don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website
1: at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our
0: episodes as videos
1: or podcasts. You also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.